All right. What's up, bookworms? <laughs> I can't right now. <laughs> How is everybody else's fabulous Wednesday? Hi, everybody. Hum day. I didn't know that Stevie was starting and I had a mouthful of food. It's fine. Whatever. I said hi for all the peoples. I looked like one of those kids that get busted fucking eating cookies out the cookie jar. I was like, oh. I swear I wish sometimes you guys could see us when we do these. And I was also about to spill some tea, so I'm glad I saw that it was recording. Um, anyways, um, hope you guys are having a lovely Wednesday. Um, I'm currently, like, out of the population at the moment, under a rock. Right. <laughs> Um, so I don't know anything about anything going on at all, like period, besides the fact that the nachos I'm eating right now, slap. How do you hear what's that? <laughs> so Stevie, what's going on in the book world? Absolutely nothing today. <laughs> um, no, uh, somebody re- released a book today, <laughs> that's every day. Lizzie Stanley released What We Deserve, which I said yesterday about the Wishbone series, Wishbone Tattoos. My heart. My heart breaks. I love that book so much. And it's a debut. I kid you not. I have not read very good debuts recent. Like, let me rephrase that. No, I mean, like, I didn't, I was not fond of a lot of debuts up until recently does that make sense yeah yeah so like obviously when I first found love in hockey and then um the edge of happiness from Kristen and now this book these are three debut novels that I have not been disappointed in at all so I'm really proud of this girl Lizzie Stanley's a beast with the words and I can't wait for book two um what oh you know what i'm excited for you know what's coming up i feel like i talk about her all the time saffron release (laughs) i wasn't sure if you were gonna say her or gianna darling oh god because she's coming on in two weeks my most anticipated reads of 2021 are gianna darling's duet of when villains rise which is mafia cannot wait and if you like, this is the vibe that I'm getting from this book, right? So Dante, sex machine. Looks like sex, smells like sex, me- sex, okay? That's what he is. Mafia boss. Elaine, bad bitch, who, if you read her Entangled series, was like the villain. And I love when the female villain gets a redemption arc. I fucking love that. Me too. I think that's Nine one times of the- out of ten, that woman has been through some shit, and that's why she's a bitch. Yeah, I, I sometimes redemption arcs can be some of the best ones. And I think my thing, my issue is everybody is here for an asshole guy, right? We are here for the brooding dickhead assholes, right? Right. That's hot. But as soon as a girl has been through shit. And becomes a bitch because of it. The same way those guys did. 
dude, she's the worst fucking character ever. She's a bitch. We hate her. Yada, yada. Exactly. And I hate that. I hate that that, that mindset is there because that's my favorite character. Maybe it's because I'm bisexual and I'm attracted <laughs> to everybody. It's so, all that energy. <laughs> maybe I just like people who are assholes in general, female or male. Could be true. I'm excited. I can't wait to read it. It's up for pre-order. And then, of course, oh, my God, y'all know. Stevie. Oh, my God. What? Do you know that Saffron Kent's A Gorgeous Villain is a secret baby? No, I did not know that, but I'm really excited now. now Yeah, it's a surprise baby. Just kidding. I would want to read her anyway. I Because hers isn't as dark as, (laughs) like, like, uh... T.L. Matthews. Well, <laughs> you would really like it, but start with uh, My Darling Arrow so that you're caught up with the series. Then when the book, when A Gorgeous Villain comes out, you're caught up and you know where everything's at. Right. But yeah, yeah that's uh, what I'm, I'm going to do. I think I'm going to, because I'm going to have some free reading time coming up, so I can finally pick up some, baby. some uh, series that I've wanted to read that I haven't been able to yet, so AKA the ones that I have been like recommending to her forever, forever. So yeah, you need to get on that ASAP. But when you're a blogger, it is a really hard balance between reading for fun and reading for essentially this blog that you had cre- you have created. Yeah, because. When you're reading for a blog, you're reading under a deadline versus reading at your own pace. I know a lot of bloggers this year, their New Year's resolution was to stop signing up for so many ARCs and free read more. And that's what I did this year. I tried really hard to, like, not overwhelm myself. Mm -hmm. So I think for the month of January, I did, like, um 30 books or, or not even 30 books I think it was like 22 or something like that mm-hmm. um for March so that was a big decrease for me and it spaced them out enough that I felt like I was reading for fun again mm-hmm. so my goal is to keep doing that so that way I don't lose my love of reading really quickly and I'd have to go on a break if you do not read Saffron Kent and M. Robinson's good old boy series and Saffron Kent's Miss Miss the St. Mary's Rebels, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> when I am passionate about an author's book, I will ride or die for that one. I will ride or die for you, bitch. <laughs> Ed Saffron is one of those people. I will ride or die with that woman. Same, I feel the same way about, I've got a handful of authors that I will die by. And that is Saffron Kent, Stephen King, Penelope Douglas, Gianna Darling. I think that's it. That's my handful. I'll ride. Her. Oh, Candy Steiner. I'm so sorry. Candy Steiner. I'll ride or die by them bitches. So while we were sitting here, and I know that we, did, we were talking about this before we started recording about how quickly our listenership is jumping today. Yeah. Like, thank you guys for listening to us talk about absolute bullshit. It's at 961 already. I know. Like, like, I mean, (laughs) honestly, though, I want to publicly say, I want to publicly say, 
that I may talk a lot in this podcast, but Stevie is the reason this podcast is a thing. Like she schedules things. She has questions. Like, I mean, I try to help. I try. No, you do help. Stevie is like the mastermind behind this entire podcast. Like she is bookshelf boyfriend's podcast i genuinely am just here as a support system for her no you are not <laughs> i swear to god on my life cb is the mastermind behind all of it and she's insanely talented and like i'm so happy not only for us because i feel like it was a journey that we both came on but i'm so happy that i could be on this journey with you so thank you for asking me to be your co-host she's gonna but- give me the boot soon by the way <laughs> Well, we know who I'm not going to replace you with. I have my, I have an idea of who you'd replace me with. Oh God, who would it be? Kristen, I see you. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't think that I would, honestly, if it came to a point where we were both kind of like at the point where we couldn't do it anymore because of busy, like of the hectic lives. Yeah. I don't think I would continue it. Bitch, if you replace me. Well, that's what I mean, though, is that I, I don't think I would. If it was anybody, like, had if you came to me and said, I don't, I can't do this right now. Like, and we need to close up shop for a while. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. I would never do that. I mean, I think the, the minimum of what I would do is if I was having a really shit week, because you know how my mental health gets. I would be well, like. that's what we did this week. Yeah, I'd be like, listen. Because of me. We got to take a week. We got to take a week. Right. No, no episodes, no nothing. We got to take a week. And that's and exactly what we did a couple weeks ago. Firing out. Firing out. Wilding out. out Although here. our break a couple weeks ago wasn't a break that we had initiated. Let's not fucking talk about it. <laughs> we weren't going to take that break, but we did anyway. And I'm glad we kind of did. I needed to. I had to get the fuck back home. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that portion of it. I was talking about, I think, that even without that incident aside from that um I think we needed it oh absolutely I think that when we came back we came back swinging seven days later and we were like like energized and ready to go again yeah so it kind of helps like we'll be taking time off in July Mm -hmm. when we are out of town for our secret project and we'll be taking that week off well, technically, we won't even be taking a week off. We'll be working, but it just won't be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I. but honestly, I'm I'm amazed at how many people actually listen to this. Like, for the 960-some people who insistently listen to us talk about the most random shit. I mean, I'm sitting here eating nachos. And y'all sitting there listening to my dumb ass. I love y'all, man. I love y'all. With my whole heart. I love every one of you that listen. But I'm also really grateful for the authors who gave us a chance hmm. at what we were doing. Yeah. Like, this is a huge thing. It has been so much fun just, like, getting to know new people. So, with that being said, why don't you go ahead and read our intro for who's coming? It's in the- I just took a bite. Okay. Okay, you swallow it. I'll, t- I'll say something else. <laughs> Tima! Anyways, so speaking of authors that we're super excited to have on the podcast, we're super stoked to have this girl. It's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. We have a bunch of cool questions in store. 
So without further ado, I'm going to read her bio and then you're just going to hop right on over here and we're going to get to talking to Miss Jenna Hartley. She writes romance about strong women and the men who dare to love them. Her stories feature sexy, sweet, and laughable moments that reflect real love. When she's not reading or writing, Jenna is chasing after her daughter or enjoying another episode of The Great British Bake Off with her husband. With her family and loves nothing more than a good book and good chocolate. Without further ado, let's welcome Miss Jenna Hartley. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super excited to have you, Miss Jenna Hartley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to chat with you guys tonight. Um, I just want to say that you look very pretty tonight. <laughs> I um, got a haircut for like the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So nice. the girls are like happy again. They're in full effect right now. Yeah. yeah. I want my hair to do that. Listen, this is what my hair does naturally. Okay. This yeah. weird underneath curl top okay. thing. It's so, so annoying. I always had curly hair, right? But, and I would, I was kind of like a seasonal curly girl is what I'd say. I'd wear it curly in the summer, but then it'd get cold and I didn't want to air dry it, whatever. Uh, So I had like a curl, virtual curl consult last summer when I was like six months past due for a haircut. And I was like, I just need something, somebody help me. So I did this consult and she gave me these great like styling tips made a huge difference because she was like looking at my hair and she was like, what is this and this? And it was like a game changer. And then I've tried to just get it more healthy and wear it, you know, more curly more often. So it's like, you just got to stick with it. Find the curly girls on Instagram. It's like game changer just to, to, to follow all of them and see their styling. It's crazy. Yeah. I want like curly kinky hair though, like big curls. Oh my God. There's this one girl I follow who has curls like that. And she has like the bangs with it. Uh-huh. She looks like she's straight out of the seventies. And I'm like, I want to look like you. Granada has the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. Yes. I love hair. I love yes. has gorgeous hair. I just want her curls. But yes. My hair is just like, fuck off. <laughs> well, maybe you need to show it some more love. I, I literally, I'm not even joking you. I have not, I cannot tell you the last time I used heat on this thing. Mm-hmm. I've been trying like, uh, like heatless curls. Yeah, yeah. I do oils. I do treatments. I, you know, I take care of it. It's healthy. It just hates I'm me. Sorry, I didn't even fly. You know that you hadn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just meant purple. It hates. I know. Me. I love it. It's gorgeous. That's high maintenance, man. Right? Because you got to bleach it and then purple it. Mm-hmm. But it's so mm-hmm. pretty. Yep, all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. But yeah, so. but the thing is, is that I don't look like myself when I have normal hair color anymore. So I just kind of like keep doing it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay so moving on from hair <laughs> how, do, how the hell do we always start these podcasts off with the weirdest freaking conversations before we segue into book conversations oh god okay so we're gonna talk about your lovely books that you have written stevie's gonna take the first one and uh yeah we're just gonna go from there I'm slowly getting myself together. Oh my god, Stevie, we had all this time and you still No, I had to split my screen so I could see them again. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about hair. That's important, man. We don't have our crap together. I just want to let you know that. We're winging all of this. (laughs) List of questions ahead of time. I would say that's pretty uh, prepared. That's true. We try try to be prepared, but it doesn't always go as planned. We try to make the authors think we're prepared and then they meet us and they're like, what the (laughs) <laughs> then they realized that we really yeah. don't have our shit together anymore. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so Love in LA. So what inspired this whole series? I would say it started as like an idea around kind of a girl friendships, kind of a girl gang thing. Um, you know, kind of inspired by the friendships in my own life, but also kind of like a 
you know, like a reboot of Sex in the City in a way, but set in LA with kind of different characters um, and different issues. And so, um, yeah, I would say that's what started it. And then the first book was really inspired by Charlie Puth. He's a singer who has the song Boy. Um, I love him. I yeah, my daughter's that. like legit obsessed. So we <laughs> to his music a lot. And that song, you know, he talks about, uh, you won't wake up beside me because I was born in the 90s. And it's like this younger guy who's like, you know, in love with this older woman, but she like doesn't want to be with him because you know, appearances, right? Like the um, May to December thing, like that little vibe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's unexpected where it has, it's a nanny single parent romance with a twist because he's the younger Manny who's watching her daughter. So I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> so speaking of, age tropes, for age gap. speaking of the tropes, one thing that we love about this these books are how different these tropes are. And it's like, you can't really... I feel like all tropes are kind of like similar, but it's all about the twist that you put on it. And so you've done a really good job of that. Like for instance, instance, so you're talking about it's a male nanny and the older woman. And then book three is like the age gap sleeping with the bride's NFL yeah. football playing dad. <laughs> Curveball, left field. Uh, so did you know what the tropes were going to be when you started or kind of they just fall into place on their own? Uh, they kind of just fell into place on their own. I mean, I knew that the first book, Unexpected, you know, that was the, the nanny single parent and because of that song I knew exactly how I wanted that to be the second book um I feel like you know I wanted it to be so there's uh book one unexpected is Alexis and her best friend there's four friends but you know it's kind of like two of them are closer than the other yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm holding up fingers for people who don't are watching this Bye. right um, yeah so her best friend is Alexis Alexis's best friend is Lauren Lauren's kind of this you know jaded cynical um feels like men are liars and evil men are trash men and like this, yeah men are trash um and she's kind of this like alpha female um and so, you know, her story, it was just so much about her personality that I wasn't, you know, it wasn't as much about the tropes. And then I would yeah. say Juliana, who's unpredictable, the one you mentioned with the age gap, uh, wedding planner. And we love that. Pride. We love that. Thank you. Yeah. So that one, that one wasn't really planned either. It was like, I had this idea for the story in my head of this tragic thing that she goes through um and just that she's trying to get moved past this. Um, they gave me big and carry vibes. That's what they gave me. Ooh. So like you said sex in the city and I was like, yes, literally, <laughs> yes, yes. Not so much like, the, I guess the story, like the stories yeah. are very different, but I guess just like the vibe where like big yeah. is just like himself and Carrie's just like herself. I just, I literally, That's I funny love because, it. You know, unpredictable. I feel like that one by far is my most popular book. And I think it's interesting because she has a ton of character growth, but he's also really mature. And it's like, he's not the typical, you know, he's a dad of a, a girl that's getting married. Right. And it's yeah. like, he knows what he wants and he wants this woman and he's, you know, love it. but he's mature about it. Like he's an alpha, but he's mature. <laughs> I love that. It's just yeah. like the best of both worlds. Because listen, there's just alpha, like young guys. And it's just like, you stress me out. You stress me out. <laughs> So I, but I love reading about both of them. I was shamefully, I don't even care. <laughs> I love both of them in different ways, but I, I super love this. So congratulations on being able to make your tropes so different and unique. So go, good you, good for you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, now there are currently three books out for that series. Do you plan to add more to them? Yeah. Well, obviously one more because you did say four friends. 
Yes, yeah. yeah. So the the fourth friend is hopefully coming this summer. Her her story got detoured for a while with other projects. Um, but there is actually going to be a fifth book. So I had written um, this book, this story, Inevitable. It was a short story that was featured in a charity anthology, um, I Have Lived and I Have Loved. And it was a charity started by Willow Winters um, to get audiobooks in the hands of- We love her! Right? Awesome. We just had her project. on here. We just had her on here. Yeah, she's amazing, right? You totally feel like warm and fuzzy and uplifted after talking to her. I though. know. She makes yeah. me feel like I'm talking to like the mom I never had. Oh, <laughs> so swear to God. I'm not even joking. I feel like she's the mom that people need in their life. She, yeah, she was so awesome. Um, and so she started this charity to get audiobooks in the hands of mobility impaired readers. And then she invited me to write a story for it. And I was like, yes. Um, so I wrote like a 15,000 word short story. Um, that was about kind of this side character. He was in unexpected briefly. He's like Alexis's pain in the butt client. Um, <laughs> but I kept thinking about him cause he was kind of an alpha, you know, business dude. An idea. <laughs> yeah. So he now has a full length story, um, that that's coming out later this month. So April 21st. So it's a it's a dad's best friend workplace. That's my shit. Yeah. That's my jam. I wrote one of those. That's my jam. Aren't they fun, right? They're the, they're the best. The yeah. best. So I love it. They're just like, oh. Like, ah. I love <laughs> yes. it. It's fine. I'm yeah. upset. Obviously, these real life situations, I feel like, like, when I think about what my dad's friends look like. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I'm, I'm younger like yeah. I'm 21, I'll be 22 in August, right? Yeah. So my dad is not like old, old, right? So it's like when I think about what his friends look like, though, I'm like, oh my God, where are these people finding these men? In fiction, like, yeah. Who are these? Who are these dads? Like somebody <laughs> point me in this direction. Like in the in the book, you know, she's like 20. Six and he's like 43 right or somewhere around there I think there's yeah. like a 21 year age difference so I'm like maybe 23 and 44 yeah so 44 you know like not bad that's I mean my husband's not that far off from that age right and so I'm like yeah I mean technically he could have a 20 something year old but that's just weird to fathom yeah. a four-year-old <laughs> I literally think about that listen my dad oh my god <laughs> My dad, I want to so badly if it wasn't weird. I, would, I want to so badly write a book about my dad's life because my dad is a hoe. <laughs> oh my God. My dad is a hoe and I'm not even joking. And he listens to this podcast, so I'm calling him out. I don't even care. That's hilarious. Um, He's been married like multiple times and has like thousands of kids. Not really thousands, like there's six of us, but That's still a lot. I literally only have one full-blooded sibling uh the rest of them are halves love them all dearly but yeah like he's a cover model and he recently well it's not recently they've been together for quite a bit now but he had gotten his current marriage which he will be in for the rest of his life he has found his person ladies and gentlemen congratulations dad they have a son together who is about to turn five four about to turn five i'm 21 i'm 21 that could be your kid oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's why I'm not having no children for the next 10 years because I don't want my kid to go to kindergarten with my 
So yeah, that's my dad. Somebody write a book about that. Somebody write a book about that shit. That's just that's just. Crazy. Well, I mean, if you write it, that your dad will be the cover model. He already chose. Oh, that he was no. to do that. I blame Lisa Suzanne. Lisa Suzanne, my dad. Oh my god. So I was literally visiting them because I live in a different state. Yeah, I was visiting, and I had a podcast to do, and I was in like my sister's spare bedroom, and my dad gets home from church, and like like comes in and it's just being his it's like me on steroids it's like being his like shit self or whatever and lucy suzanne is like oh my god he could be a cover model and he hasn't shut up about it he's like I bet. i'm gonna be a cover model and i'm like please shut up dad <laughs> dad please shut up i can't with you okay moving on moving on now that i have told my like whole life story it's fine <laughs> moving on you were saying about the series the new book Oh, yeah, yeah. It's coming out later this month. So April 21st. So Mm -hmm. by the time this airs, the cover reveal will have happened. Um, And yeah, I'll be posting teasers and stuff. But it was, it was a fun story to write. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm sure it was. I'm excited. So now moving on to Hot Shot, which is in the, uh, is that the Everyday Heroes? No, Cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, cool, cool. Listen, I get these, I get these worlds confused. I know. Mofo. A lot of them. (laughs) So, and Stevie's like, nope, wrong one. And I'm like, the other one? She's like, nope, other one. And I'm other like, got one. it. Because there's three main ones. There's, there's three Driven, ones that every, Driven and Everyday Heroes, which is Kate Brumberg's world. And then Cocky. Cocky Heroes Club, and then the Salvation Society. Okay, see, this is what I'm saying. Literally, it drives me nuts. Okay, so. More than that. I mean, there's even, like, Serena Bowen has one, and Penny Reed has one, and others. I would pass there. out. I yeah. could never. I would pass out. So you recently released a book called Hot Shot, which is part yeah. of the Everyday Heroes Project. What was it like writing in K. Romberg's world? Ron Romberg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I had read her series, The Everyday Heroes, um, and getting to kind of play with her characters and introduce my own was a lot of fun because it was just like, you know, visiting someone else's world and having the permission to, you know, mess around with their characters within, you know, certain parameters. Like I can't <laughs> characters divorce or like die, but, you know, I can <laughs> bring them into the picture. So can't make a murderers or anything, but, you know, probably not yet. You can play around with it. Okay. So see, do you take the next question about this one, ma'am? Um, this book focuses on Audrey and Ethan, which is enemies to lovers. That is my um, favorite. Did anybody in, 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 if I could talk today, did anybody in particular inspire this couple? Ooh. Um, I feel like instead of saying, did anybody in, in particular, did any song, any moment, anything inspire What inspired? <laughs> nine times out of 10, I feel like I'm the only fucking person on this earth that actually gets in- inspiration from actual people. Everybody else is like, oh, I listened to this song and this whole story built itself. And I was like, you lucky dog. Uh, yeah I'm trying to think of where the inspiration for that one came from I mean I had read her series and I knew that there were certain characters I wanted to work in I also knew like my sister-in-law had worked for the forestry service um and she had done kind of she wasn't a hotshot but she had worked with hotshots so hotshots are these um firefighters who work in the field um do under like really extreme conditions, um, do really important work and it's very uh, labor intensive. Uh, and so that was originally kind of the start of it. And then, you know, Audrey is this kind of big city attorney. So they're enemies to lovers, but they're also kind of opposites because 
she's you know he's like small town kind of hero she's like big city lawyer though she's originally from there and you know he kind of makes fun of her for being a hotshot big city attorney kind of thing so it's kind of a dual play on the word hotshot um dead ass have not read this book yet and didn't realize that it was literally about a hotshot firefighter i'm obsessed with those i would say so in the book you don't see much of him actually hot shotting so Mm -hmm. it's more like his off season so usually they work in the field during fire season and then most of the time they have other jobs during the off season so you're kind of seeing him doing his off season work but yeah obviously it's a big part of have you watched um the brave movie only the brave no i watched some documentaries on netflix about like firefighting and hot shots and it was like wow like really intense but i'll have you to check need that out. to watch only the brave and okay. then cry and then i'll tell you sorry at the end of it because it's based on like a real life situation like it's a true story mm-hmm. and spoiler alert they all die in the end um oh yeah so oh, like no, and i'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you I'm telling you that because some people won't watch it, like, if I don't, or they'll be really unprepared and cry, so they all die, and it's super sad, but it's so awesome, and it made me be like, oh my god, I want to write a whole fucking series about hotshot firefighters. They're amazing. The research, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Insane. Insane. Yes. So, um, now that you've written in Everyday Heroes World and the Salvation World, if asked, would you consider writing more in these worlds or maybe even write in the Cocky Heroes? So I actually applied to and was accepted to Cocky Heroes, but at the time I had already accepted, not, I was like, okay, well, I've like overcome <laughs> myself, um, which was an honor to be accepted. Um, you know, I would consider it, I just for a while now, last year I took on so many kind of projects that were you know, in the shared worlds or that charity anthology or like a Christmas anthology that it was like, okay, I need to go back to focusing on my books. And so like Inevitable, um, you know, which releases this month, it was the last full length novel that I released was last July. And that's kind of a bigger gap than I wanted, but it was just during the pandemic, I kind of needed shorter projects to have that sense of completion, I think. Um, And so it felt like a really, really big accomplishment when I finished another full-length novel after such a big gap. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me nervous um, putting gaps in between stuff because I'm like, God, like, what's a, let's, like, I want enough time to write it and I want enough time for it to be good. But at the same time, I feel like, what if it's too long? Like, what if I, they wait too long? And it makes me so, my anxiety cannot handle it. It cannot. It's too much for me. It's too much. I can't. I didn't really go into it thinking that I was doing that. It was like, oh yeah, I'll accept this thing and this thing, you know, and, and I yeah. said no to some things and I said yes to some things and, you know, it's just how it kind of worked out and just the nature of how my brain functioned during this pandemic, I guess. Well, you did lovely. You did Thank wonderful. you. <laughs> you did it. So, you know, all right. Now wrapping up questions about your books, Stevie, take the last one, honey. Okay, so as you said, the cover reveal is happening tomorrow, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is your we'll next for 2021 besides the release of the next full length, which is this month? Yeah, so Inevitable releases April, like cover reveals April Fool's Day, which it's not a joke. Um, and then- <laughs> I did what's that I'm excited thank you yeah and then um after that will be the last book in the love in LA series which is Harper's story so 
I had started working on that last summer and then had to put it aside and then now I'm picking it back up and so I hope to release it this summer but that gives me to like August because summer's a long time. <laughs> I think I want to release my next like so my next release is in May and I don't think I want to release my next one until September which I know sounds like it's a long time but it's fuck it's not when you yeah. think how long it takes to write a full-length novel an editor a cover a cover at you know whatever formatting proofreading it's not it's it's literally an author world it feels like two weeks yes yeah <laughs> so it's like can I just not publish another book until the end of the first of the year can I have that much time to get to get ahead and then there are some authors who are so far ahead with writing yeah like seven books ahead I'm like how the fuck that's Nikki Ash. Remember when Nikki Ash was on here? That's what yeah. she told And Natasha, Madison, bro, they are insane. They're machines. Nikki, Nikki Ash has her books written a year to two years in advance. Wow. I could never. I so her books for the series she's releasing now have been written for the last two years. What is she even, so one, ignoring the logistics of the writing, the interesting thing is, you know, like when you're, so this happens to me and I'm guessing maybe it happens to you guys, but it's like, I'm promoting inevitable now but I finished writing it weeks ago because it had to go to editor and all of that so now my head is moving on to harbor story right but I'm still you know you're I feel like a lot of times especially when you're promoting a book for a release you're really straddling two books and sometimes yeah. it's just like so I'm thinking okay if if I had written you know inevitable a year ago and I was having to promote it I'd be like what did I write in that? What happened? Well, and that's what she says. She says that um, for her, she has like this thing where she can't remember what she writes. So she has to go back and reread it wow. before it's released. Nope. That just to be. make sure that everything in it is the, like where she wants it to be. And yeah. it, that just amazes me. That's because she's a superhero. She nope. really is. And she's a full-time teacher. Mm-mm. I also just couldn't sit on a book that long. It's like once I've written it, I'm excited about it. like I gotta get it out there, right? I would snitch on myself. <laughs> like I love people. It's I hate my I really do because I if I get excited about an idea, I like <laughs> an idea for like maybe two years down the road. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta tell everybody. Yes, yes. I can never keep secrets from anyone. It sucks. I hate it. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. So moving on to the writing questions because writing is off obviously a big part of your job. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did you first realize you wanted to be an author or writer slash whatever you want to call yourself something in that genre? Yeah. Um, I think it was always kind of there. I mean, I, I think I always wanted to, it was, it was a, an aspiration of mine to write a book, but I always thought it would be like some history of women in power and how they use their image to manipulate that power. Right. Cause I was a history undergrad major. Oh, and then I was like, who wants to research that? And then a friend yeah. got me, <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating, right? But yeah. I don't want to do the research. It was like, you know, I've always been really interested in why people do what they do. And a friend had gotten me into reading romance. And then it was like, you know, I started writing it and it was like, yeah, like I get to totally explore, like, why do they make this decision? What are they doing now? And I, I love that. And just the process of kind of putting all the pieces together and getting to think about it from both the guy's point of view and the girls. Yeah. I like reading. I like being in a guy's head more than I like being in a girl's. I feel like girls are like, I know this is, I'm not being sexist. Cause I mean, I'm just not being sexist. It's just, it's a lot more complicated to be in a female's head. It's complicated to be in my own head <laughs> let alone, let alone somebody else's, but guys are kind of like, 
Like, I mean, even if you make them, like, have a tragic backstory and they're complicated, I feel like guys are just so much more straightforward and shit in their head. <laughs> Females are not. We'll go, like, round and round with shit. And it's like, ugh. I can't. I cannot deal with it. I, I like writing from a guy's POV more than a female's. Which is you ever stupid. write solely from their point of view for your books? I would love to do that. Why I would not? love to write just a straight... Actually, I'm writing a male-male romance, so... You get to. I get to. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. I'm like, I'm so excited. And like, I notice sometimes when I'm writing, like uh, when like a chapter is in a female's POV, like currently, actually... I'm like, why the, Why is her chapter smaller than his? I'm confused. And so I have to go back and I have to be like, oh, fix it. It's uneven. So it's, a problem. it's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Um, so do you have any interesting quirks when you're eat, like when you're writing? Like, do you eat Twizzlers or do you like have to have the same coffee every morning? What do you, is there anything weird you do? Um... I mean, I like listening to music that doesn't have lyrics and I can't really handle much visual clutter. So one day, uh, so usually I'll either write in my bedroom slash office, um, but my husband is currently also working in there full time. Uh, and sometimes it's like I, just the atmosphere of like the bedroom, somebody else is in there, maybe he's on a phone call for work. So sometimes I go in this front room that kind of has you know, it set up it's like an art kind of classroom um yeah. you know it has my daughter's paintings on the wall and it's very like happy and light um so, so one day I, gone, I love that yeah so one day i gone in there and there's like stuff where there shouldn't be and it's just bothering me and i can't handle it because it's like you know messing up with my mind so i move it and then after nap time my daughter my daughter is like why is this in the donut pile and i was like <laughs> donut pile i want to so she meant the donate pile because she knows like there's a specific spot in the room that's like for donations you know it's like she's outgrown clothes or we have toys or you know we went through this whole cleaning thing and so she's like why the donate pile and i was like oh so i'm trying to explain to my <laughs> Like, I can't handle the visual clutter. I needed to move it over it's there. bothering <laughs> me. Donated, yeah. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, the the music without lyrics and just the visual clutter situation. There is this um, symphony called Midnight String Quartet. And okay. it's uh, like a, just, it's just violins. Oh, pretty. And it's so, and they do covers of like uh, big songs. So like you've, you go to the, like they're on Spotify or like Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they have albums like where they perform certain artists. So like um, they do like the Bee Gees, Elton John, Halsey, Charlie Puth, mm-hmm. Phil Collins. Like they do all of that and they do all kinds of songs with it. So it's not lyrics. Yes. It's just like there's something about violin music that makes everything sound like you're getting your heart ripped out of your chest. And I just I, I love I love listening to it, especially when I'm writing sad scenes. Because sometimes it's I'll be like, it's like, even if it's if it's it can't be songs I know or else my head's gonna start adding the lyrics to yeah them. so it's like even though that sounds beautiful most of mine are Spotify playlists that are like under the focus section and they're like electronic chill or electronic focus or whatever you know yeah mm-hmm. I, I cannot also I just realized this about myself it's super funny actually I when I'm writing the last chapter or the epilogue in every single book I've ever wrote I listen to the same song until it's gone and i swear it's iris by the by the is it the google dolls or is it the go-go dolls the google dolls. 
Google Dolls, whatever. I listen to that song every single time I'm writing the end of a book. Every book. There is just something majestic about that song. <laughs> like you hear it and you think that you're like at the end of your movie, running towards the love of your life, jumping into his arms or her arms, doesn't matter. And it's just like, I love it. It's so ha- it makes me so happy. I love it. It's my favorite. Anyway, so how do you handle negative feedback? It's a big part of the community. It's a thing. I mean, you sign up for it when you start writing, but how do you handle it that you think might be differently than other people do or advice to others? Yeah, I would say, you know, typically I don't read a ton of my reviews. So I read some on Goodreads kind of in the beginning to get snippets for like my editorial reviews or for promotional um, materials. And usually those are arc reviews, right? And so I know that they typically like my books. They're leaving an honest review, but yeah. they're typically predisposed to like my style of writing. Um, and then I would say that, you know, as far as negative feedback, there have been a few reviewers that I've actually turned into beta readers because they weren't providing like a nasty review. They were providing really constructive criticism. And then I would go and look at some of their other reviews and I'd be like, yeah, like, I mean, when, they, when I would read their review of my book, I would be like, yes, you, <laughs> I knew there were some weak points. You exactly picked them out. And maybe I couldn't succinctly say why, but you were able to. So yeah. will you please be my beta reader? Um, so I've done that with like two beta sure. readers. What? Yeah. So it was like, I knew that they, you know, perhaps understood what I was going for, but I didn't convey it clearly. And so um, I would say using constructive criticism out of potentially negative reviews to try and make your work better. Otherwise, I would just say, you know, my goal is always to put out a book that I'm proud of. And my husband's aunt, um, who we're close to, she had always told her kids like before they would ever have a piano recital or like a test she would say or turn in like a paper she would say you know like do you feel like you did a good job are you proud of it you know regardless of the grade and so I feel like when I write a book I try and make sure that I'm proud of the story regardless of how it's received by readers so that I know like even if everybody didn't love it at least like I did the story justice how I saw it yeah I love that that's super good advice like I really like that. I like the beta idea thing. Um, I'm like terrified of like the reviews that are like coming for your throat. Oh my god! Where it's like they attack you personally, and it's like Ugh! I don't, I don't understand what I did. We tell the, I tell the story every time. Is there has been an author who has a review on her one of her books. She tells the story all this. She gets blasted because she writes too many blonde characters. <laughs> And I was just like, wow. I was like, wowzers. I have to sit on that for a while because I'm like, is that, how is that supposed to help the author? Yeah, I think that constructive criticism, I feel like everybody needs a Melissa in their life. I'm thankful that I have a Melissa who is the nice, she's a cancer. Like that's her, that's her sign. And I obviously like that kind of stuff. So she's the most blunt, emotional, nice person I've ever met in my life. Like, <laughs> she'll straight up tell me I'm writing trash. Like if I write a really shit chapter, she's like, nobody's going to want to read that. Like it's bad. But if I were to be like, that really hurt my feelings, she would cry and then be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but everybody needs Melissa. Cause she's not afraid to like, tell me if it's bad. And so that, that means that it has value when she tells me it's good. Yes. And yeah. I think that's super important that you can't just surround yourself with people 
I feel like a lot of, I'm not saying that, I'm not just spilling any names or anything like that. I feel like a lot of, any type of artists have egos. And it's like, every time we, and I'm like guilty of this myself. Like I get offended if she like, doesn't like something that I really like. And it's like, I got to check my shit because not everything I write is the most amazing thing ever. Okay. And I feel like a lot of authors and artists in general have egos and that being able to check it at the door and let people really tell you how they feel about your writing will only make you better. And people who are just like content with having yes people in their life, you know, I feel like to me the the goal is always to grow as a storyteller and author right so it's like I don't want people to just say yes this is amazing I mean yes if it's amazing tell me it's amazing right but but the people that I've chosen as beta readers you know they are honest without being mean and they they're they're good at expressing why something's weak right like it's not just this chapter's weak it's like this moment I thought that you know, he caved too soon or whatever the reason is, you know what I mean? And they're, they're very good about that, especially, you know, like, I feel like um, they all know that I write like these strong female characters. And that's kind of a a trademark of my writing style. And it's like, they'll be like, you know, oh, um, you know, here she, she's totally backpedaling when this is part of her character, you know what I mean? So it's like, you need those people to really help you through your writing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like this is, does not go along with this character, like how you're setting it up. Like it's different. Like Mm -hmm. what you did when you started, like these are two different vibes. Like, I don't think she would react this way. And it's like, I get so frustrated, not at them, at myself, because it's like, ugh. (laughs) So I, but yeah, everybody needs a Melissa. I tell everybody that she doesn't even like, she doesn't even listen to this fucking podcast. (laughs) So, like, I love her to death, and I tell her all the time, I'm like, dude, I talk about you all the time on the podcast, and she's like, oh, really? I'm gonna have to listen to it. Never listens to it. (laughs) (laughs) She's, I love her, though. Anyways, this one time, she's gonna listen to it when I'm talking trash. Anyways, um, so, Stevie, take the reading questions, ma'am. Okay, so what is the first book that ever made you cry? Ooh, well, the one I can remember, I mean, I'm sure there was one before this. I don't, feel like I cry easily but this was one of the most impactful was and this is going to be a spoiler alert but I think the whole world probably knows this um when Dumbledore dies and Harry Potter I remember I just bawled and I was like I can't believe she killed him right and it was like oh like I loved him right yeah it was painful (laughs) painful I it was painful I cried when when we found out that like Severus and Lily were like he was in love with her ball like a baby I ball like a baby back bitch because I'm a sucker for like a I'm a sucker for the bad guy that is low-key good Mm -hmm. so here I am simping over Severus Snape (laughs) when I read that part I was like do me dirty like this I'm not supposed to cry in these books but that was a super powerful scene and it made me sad Dumbledore dying was like ugh Stevie what was yours oh god the first, I think the first, that probably made me cry. I don't really remember, though, because it's been so long ago since those books came out. Yes. Um, one of the most, probably one of the books that made me cry the most, probably was Archer's Voice. Which right. one of them. I forget who wrote Archer's Voice. It's been every... Mia Sheridan? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite books. And also, um, there, she changed her name recently to MJ, MJ Soren. She wrote a series called Trust Me that was one of it. That series broke me. I don't think I've ever recovered from that series. 
<laughs> I like books that make me cry. Like if you like, I like I seek out books. Interesting. That make me cry. I feel like I avoid books that make like ugly cry, like Me Before oh, no. You and Fault in Our Stars. I waited a really long time to read those because I was like, I have to be in the emotional place to be able to handle this. Oh no, I'll eat that up. I'll eat it. I'll read them back to back. That's really back funny. Back. I remember when I read Me Before You, I was like bawling. And my husband, you know, I don't usually cry, especially not from like books. And my husband's like, Are you okay? Like, you know, they're fictional. And I'm like, No, it's like, but so they're not real. Yes. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> Yeah. The funniest part is being an arc reader because I read the books before everybody else gets them. So if they're really emotional books, I will be sitting in my bed at 2 a.m. sobbing. <laughs> like, I remember over the summer, I read Rebecca Yaros's the, Re- um, the Reality of Everything, and that was a military romance. And I sobbed at 2 o'clock in the morning, eating ice cream and had tissues in my lap. Man. And I'm like, well, you broke me. The last letter, <laughs> yeah. What is that one military romance? While we're talking, I'm going to look it up because I, I'm i a thriller criminology reader. Like, that's what I like. I like crime and horror. And, like, Stephen King is my the love of my life. Um, and I didn't actually start falling in love with romance until I started reading Sarah J. Mass's Tog series. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you've read that. Mm-mm. But, uh, oh, God. And so I read the Tog series and then I read Actar, which is basically fairy porn. I don't even care. And (laughs) I have no shame. And so that's when I think I fell in love with romance. And then I found uh, indie authors and I was like, bro, because I am not afraid to admit that I was totally a snob in like middle school. I was like, I read, like I read, I read Thomas Hardy, you know, I was like such a snob with like romance, like literature, I guess. And then I, so I read the fairy porn and I fell in love with it. And then I was like, yes, I found Wattpad, which was fan fiction smut. And I was like, yes, again. (laughs) And then I found indie author authors. And I was like, this shit is like crack. This is so good. And I think Monica Robinson's good old boy series, though, all four of those books fucked me up. Like I was emotional for weeks (laughs) Wow. Couldn't read anything because I was yeah. so sad, but like happy at the same time because I got to have live rafters. But yeah, yeah. yeah what was it Sunday when we did our uh, our live event with April Canavan and I was her book came out on Tuesday and I said I think I need therapy because of you. <laughs> book I like, give me therapy. Like I love it. I love the book, but I literally needed therapy afterwards, and I was like, I'm gonna need you to pay my therapy bill. Now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what are some of your favorite authors to read? Ooh, I mean, I'm definitely a mood reader. Um, and I would say, like, I love Amy Dawes. She's just funny. Um, and it's funny mind. because my dad started reading my books. So, like, he picked it up one day, just started reading. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, my <laughs> mom usually reads them, but not my dad. And he's not much of a reader. He loves learning, but not usually books. Um, I but pass out devoured them all um and he's always like so do you have a new one for me um so I started giving him some of my favorite authors books to him to read so now he has a feature in my newsletter um which a reader helped me name and it's called daddy knows best um 
so so okay. I gave him some like for his birthday and Christmas so um he read Endurance by Amy Dawes because I thought oh he'd love like the humor of it and everything um and just kind of fast-paced and so he loved that one and then this month he'll have another recommendation so I'm trying to do them once a month but- I would kill my father if he ever picks up my books <laughs> I think I need, I, I need to follow this. I do too. I want to know, like, please send me the sign up. That is amazing. Yeah. There's a link in my Instagram bio, but I'll send it to you. I so want to do, I want to read, I want to read those. That's so amazing. <laughs> Literally my dad is the biggest supporter ever. He has all of my books, but like, if he ever attempted to read them, I would, oh, oh. no, no, no. I thought it would be bad, but it's honestly been fun. And so I like dedicated one of my books to him and then, you know, he just oh. loves reading them. And so um I think unpredictable is his favorite but I'm not sure I mean one day I asked him I was like so do you have a favorite and he was like all your books are my favorite and he never says stuff like that and I was like wow that was just like you saying you love me but just saying (laughs) all your books I was like okay thank you (laughs) I love that okay obsessed gonna have to sign up for that because that's cool now are you an e-reader or a physical copy girl it's funny because I used to be physical copy, then I went to e-reader and I feel like this last year or so I'm more physical copy. And I feel like it's, you know, a friend had sent me like me before you after I'd had a surgery and I really liked having the paperback. And then it's like ever since then and just trying to get in bed and not read on a screen, I, I feel like I like having the paperback. So I'm yeah. kind of a mix. The ebook is, you know, convenient um, when I have like my daughter and I'm, you know, making breakfast or whatever, but a a paperback is probably my my preference, especially reading in bed. I love both. I'm just scouring the Goodreads at the moment. I'm just like scouring Goodreads at the moment so I can find the name of this freaking book. <laughs> I, re- I love it. It's one, and I I don't think I've recommended it on the podcast before. And I'm trying to switch up my recommendations because I recommend the same people <laughs> over and over again because I'm, I'm a habit a habit reader. So if like I, like I was telling Stevie, I will ride or die with an author. Like if I love you, I love you. And I ride or die with them like forever. And I really am trying to branch out, but I'm scared. Cause it's like, it's almost like when you rewatch a Netflix TV show, right? Over like, well, maybe it's just me because I have anxiety, but it's been proven that if you rewatch movies over and over again, it's because like you have anxiety and you know how it's going to end because people with like severe anxiety and depression are scared because they don't know like where the movie's gonna go right that's why you were visiting me to watch criminal minds every night oh oh yeah that's criminal minds is my comfort tv show i can tell you every episode listening to like just the sound of their voices i'll tell you what happens in the whole episode like not even looking at it yeah it's it's a problem so i find comfort in that and so i'm the same way with authors like i'm very like a a habit reading author so if i Mm -hmm. love one author i'll devour the whole fucking thing yeah the whole series and then i'll ride or die with them ride or die because even though their stories are different and i'm not sure how it's going to end i know their style and so it's like i'm in love with it so i'm trying to find this book so i can recommend something different well what what is is that we are uh and they are both very different readers Uh i feel like any of the word our recommendations are very, very par- far apart on spectrums. <laughs> I think you would like Stevie's recommendations more than you would like mine, obviously. I think, honestly. She's, she's the dark romance, and I'm like, my favorite trope is secret babies. Oh, she loves <laughs> She like eats them up. It's insane. Oh, 
So whenever some an author comes on and they're like, "Oh, what do you like?" and like when Willow was on, Willow was talking about. She goes, "Well, I have both. Like you can go from one." Yes, yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> Willow's a doll. Um, what is your last five star read? Ooh, um, I haven't gotten to read as much fiction lately. I've been reading more nonfiction. I'm trying to think of what. What did I read? You can spill a nonfiction title. Yeah. I like fiction. Yeah, I think, you know, I actually had gotten um, a bunch of books from the library because they have like this book locker checkout. Um, and so it was like, I couldn't go in to get romance. And so I just requested, like, they don't have a ton of, a lot of theirs are um, traditionally published um, or kind of, they're still steamy, but a lot of illustrated covers, right? Which is, yeah. um, anyways, which is totally cool. So I had read um, the Bromance Book Club which I had heard great things about. And I really enjoyed that. Um, that one's really cute. So it's like these men who start a romance, romance book club um, to kind of try and learn more about themselves and their relationships. And so like the first one, the bromance book club, the guy, his relationship with his wife is on the rocks and she's threatening divorce and he's like desperate to get her back. And so it's really cute how she weaves in like the romance that they're reading. Like she'll write chapters of that romance in the book and then the, you know, present day with the guy and his wife. So okay i love that i'm gonna have that to like you brb adding that to my like that but this one was uh, a contemporary romance of a couple the girl thought the woman thought her husband was cheating on her mm -hmm. he swore up and down that he was with somebody in his office and then she got diagnosed with breast cancer and i'm like sobbing in the middle of this book and i cannot pronounce the girl's name sometime i'm gonna try but it's spelled h-m-e h-a-m-e williams so I don't know how you pronounce her first name, but yeah. she, that is one of her books. And I, that, I think that broke me too. I have a problem. <laughs> I found it to break you. You found your book? I found it. It's called Fighting Absolution by Kate McCarthy. And it is a military romance and it'll destroy you. Okay. And I don't even like military romance that much. Like I said, sap, like I like dark romance. So sappy romance is just not what I usually go for. Yeah. But, and this is not sappy, it's angsty, but it was just, just not my type, I guess. Yeah. This lady, oh my God. She, I was, my husband, I, I, I love him with my whole heart, but like he'll come home from work because he works night shift. Uh -huh. Maybe like six o'clock in the morning and I'll have finished, stayed up all night binging a whole like book series <laughs> or something. And I'm laying in bed and I am like snotting, like crying my eyes out. And he's like, who died? What's wrong? And I'm like, this character in this book. <laughs> so I love him for everything he puts up with and he's the best. But yeah, read that. Fighting for Absolution by Kate McCarthy. It is such a good book. It's, okay. it's got a really good, and it's not just like angsty to be angsty. Yeah. It's not really good storyline and it's yeah. like the angst is necessary. Yes. And I think that's super important. So read it. It's great. I'm like the queen of angst recommendations. And if you awesome. want to try, come to me. Thank you. <laughs> so moving on to trope questions, which is our favorite part of the whole podcast, even though sadly it is the end, but it's our favorite part of the whole podcast because this is what it's about is book boyfriends and the yes. tropes. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? Ooh, I mean, I like age gap and playing with that. I mean, I've had, I feel like the Love in LA series should basically be renamed 
like the gap series or something because it's like <laughs> every book seems to have like an age gap or a reverse age gap. Um, so I think that's fun to play with something that's kind of like forbidden, not like super forbidden, you know, it's like, yeah, there's always this kind of element of it in my stories, whether it's like, you know, unexpected where it's the nanny single parent, I really like that or like single parents, um, you know, because there's press, um, sorry, Harrison in Unpredictable, he's a single dad. Yeah. And so it's like kind of those things. Um, Brother's best friend is always a favorite of mine. I hope to write one of those someday. Obviously, dad's best friend was a little bit more like on the forbidden side, but it was really <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are the best though. Those are fun. Yeah, super fun. Um, what is one trope you would eventually like to write, but Brother, haven't yet? Best friend. Probably. The brother's best friend. Is that the, mm-hmm. that the main one? Okay. All right. Stevie, so. Take the next one. Two. You can take the next two because I took two. Oops. What is one trope you would never write and why? Um, so I will preface by saying to each their own and like, you know, everybody has their own preferences. And so this is not in any way to, it's going to be something I love. I guarantee judge or shame anyone. Um, <laughs> I guarantee. I, lo- I love it. I know it. I just feel it. I would say I'm, I personally wouldn't write a bully romance just because. Okay. See now every, we've, that one's annoying. We had that answer. That I'm not. Now listen, I got a question for you. Okay. So. I like to teeter like the dark. Okay, first of all, my husband is playing Call of Duty and he's screaming at the television. Sorry if you can hear that. <laughs> Secondly, I have a serious question. So I, I read books that are pretty, like I read bully romance, um, which I just feel like is just against everything I believe in. <laughs> but um, no, I feel like I, I like reading books that teeter a line where it's like, he's not too much of a dickhead or he's at least redeemable, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you were to read a book that was a bully romance where he was redeemable, like, would you read something like that? Like if somebody trusted was like, it's a bully romance, but he is, he does redeem himself. Would you read it? Potentially. I mean, I think just see the way that the, the author wove the story together to redeem yeah. the character. I think that would be interesting to me, but yeah. generally, you know, I don't really like that type of theme to yeah. read or write. I get it. I get it. I knew it. Listen, every single time we ask this question, it's always something I fucking like. I'm like, damn. Like I said, to each their own. I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. like you admit, it's not something that you stand for in your real life. But no, it's, no, no, no. You know, I think a lot of times the things we read don't aren't things we would do in real life or write, right? Yeah, but okay. they're 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 a way to imagine things. Like, I'm not gonna go climb Machu Picchu. I mean, I'd love to, right? But like, you know, <laughs> something like that. I'm not gonna go date the guy that like kicked my locker in in high school like it's just like, not it what I'm gonna do me. you know what I mean yeah. like you're not gonna date your stalker it. in real life yeah but in the book in the book it makes and, it's, sense and it's fun that's the point the of reading is the human in real life is not redeemable because like with with fictional characters you can make them whoever you want them to be like yeah. you can make them a saint after yeah. like you know they're you know they bully maybe they bully him bully this child person because of I don't know you could do whatever you want with the plot right but in real life they're just dickheads yes they're just dickheads I mean that's just the that's the gist of it all right Stevie you can take the last question okay if you were in a book what type would you want for your or what trope would you want for your story well I'll make it based on my real life romance um so oh. I would say <laughs> that we were let's see coach athlete I don't know the right age, but it's only five years. So coach athlete, so that would be university, new adult, kind of forbidden. Ma'am. 
Damn. <laughs> what sport did you play? I was actually on a rowing team, so I was. A oh rowing. my god! <laughs> Living the dream. Living yeah. the dream. I would have passed out. I would. Okay, hold up. Time out. We got. We got to extend. How? What? How did it happen? Spill <laughs> the rowing or the romance. The ro- oh, both of it. I mean, <laughs> sorry. <I didn't> know. <laughs> what happened? Uh, let's see. So I was in band in high school. So I was not an athlete, though I liked like working out. Um, and then I went to college. I was pledging for a sorority because my mom was like, you've never had many girlfriends. This is the way to make girlfriends. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, didn't totally buy into that whole thing. Not a sorority. Went, went through the whole pledging thing. They were like, this girl at one of the houses was like, oh my God, have you considered rowing? You'd love it. I'm not the build of a rower. Um, they're usually <laughs> taller than me. I'm yeah. I'm kind of between a rower and like a coxswain, the person who steers the boat. Um, Anyways, so I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I like trying new things. So I went, tried out. They had a NCAA women's team, which I didn't make it onto, which was a great thing because that was women only. And I got on the club co-ed team. So it was guys and girls. So we we competed separately, Mm -hmm. right? So we'd like everybody trained in the same boathouse. You'd travel on trips together, but you, you, only girls rode in a boat, only boys rode in a boat. Um, so that was a great experience. Met my best friend, met my husband. Um, my senior year, no, my junior year, he was a coach. So he was um, getting his PhD. Mm-hmm. And he, so it was like, he was one of the men's novice coaches. I was on the yeah. women's varsity and I was the travel coordinator for the team. So I coordinated all the travel for up to a hundred people. And you saw him and you were like, that's it. I did. I do remember our first meeting, which is funny. Um, but we, we really started talking at the end of that year because something had happened with one of the rental cars. So he like texted me. So we started texting. Then it was like, leading into the summer. And then we just kept talking over the summer and we would do these like weekly fun runs and like group bike rides. I was, it was like punishing. We were running in like a hundred degree heat, five K's to like race. And it was, this is so was mostly doing it so I could see him right in a approved yes. setting right yeah um so we did all this over the summer towards the end of the summer I think he like asked me out on a date but we like you know cooked a meal at home together because we didn't want people to see us out in public oh jealous <laughs> we weren't supposed to date um so we like dated it like a month and then it was like about to be the school year so we sat down with the head coach and we're like hey we're kind of dating and he was like well, one or both of you has to quit and so we both quit and then like how romantic later we were engaged and like fuck the hierarchy months, we were married yeah fuck the hierarchy fuck y'all there you go <laughs> I'm obsessed. I love coach student thing of, of, <laughs> of legal age. Let me clarify. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like 20 and he was like 25. It was yeah, not like so good. anything illegal or scandalous by any means. Now, now listen, there's a, there's a book that I did read. Actually it's on my wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she, she, it's, it's high school, but she's 18 there. She's a senior. Um, and he's like, a like he grew they grew up together but he's only older than her by like two I want to say like three years but he's Mm -hmm. a professional soccer player and like his mom is the principal of the school like this boarding school for like bad girls and he got in oh god and he got in trouble with the his uh major league soccer team or whatever because he punched one of his friends in the face not his friend 
And so now he's being, he's, he was suspended for the season and now he's like coaching the girls soccer team. And so it's like, Oh, <laughs> so it's not like he's like so much older than her where it's like, yeah. weird. they're like the same, basically the same age, but it's just, you know, chef kisses. I love yeah, that. Book. I love awesome. that author. Um, but yeah, so I'm obsessed with this story. That's amazing. That's so romantic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Now that I've had like my dose of serotonin for the day um that is sadly the end of our podcast we're coming up on exactly an hour so we leave the end of this for you to talk about yourself or pimp yourself you know like talk about like stuff that's coming up or whatever you want to do so the floor is yours well thank you um first of all thank you for having me this has been a lot of fun to talk with both of you and hear your recommendations and your stories um my cheeks kind of hurt from laughing so um, uh, I would say you know, if you're new to me reader, um, you can find me on Instagram at author Jenna Hartley or my website, um, author Jenna Um, you can see all my books there. Um, they're all free and Kindle unlimited and they kind of have this fun, strong women and the men who dare to love them, um, with a sexy kind of heartwarming, um, oh, feel. so check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you have a lovely night. Thank you too. <laughs>